So, Sarah, do you remember I was telling you that I rocked because I swam with loons? Oh, yes. I remember how terrified you were of loons. I also remember that one of our listeners wrote a story about it, too, on Instagram that who really was feeling you on the on being terrified of loons. Well, she mentioned out that she mentioned they have red demon eyes and it's very true. Anyway, so I was swimming at one of my favorite swimming holes and I get mm. out and these two really burly men, they stop me and they're like, hey, ma'am, next time be really careful because there are a bunch of loons out there and they're very dangerous. And I'm like, you know what? I can handle it because I'm a triathlete and my middle name is Danger and that is not at all true <laughs> because if I like Danger, I would be more than a mediocre mountain biker. But that's beside the point. Like, yeah, I swim with loons and that makes me tough. And those guys were like, ooh, you are just flirting with danger out there so yeah i'm just gonna i'm i'm feeling myself right now you feel okay on a couple of levels clearly <laughs> like you're feeling affir- you're feeling affirmed first of all because i made fun of you for the loon story <laughs> and so you're like no this confirms it other people think that they're dangerous oh, yeah. too oh yeah totally <laughs> but also you realize how dangerous they are and you're willing to like play with fire on that so i this is this is as risky as i get <laughs> <laughs> so just to confirm you do rock because you swim with loose uh-huh. like that's, i'm i'm kind that's... of a badass actually <laughs> okay <laughs> amazing the other funny thing i want to pull out of that story is that my sister's son like my nephew his middle name actually is danger that's amazing so there you go wow i'm speechless and jealous (laughs) right that's most people's response (laughs) okay coming up on this show we're going to talk about tiktok and other related injuries Um, a listener gets a haircut we stop at a friend's house to get some advice and we re- revisit the importance of racing for triathletes. And our regular listeners will know that if we were riding and all things feisty is proudly partnered with Orca Sportswear. For 15% off all items on orca.com, please use the code livefeisty15. And that includes the wetsuits. So good deals all around. I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. So Sarah, before we continue, um, I just want to uh, make an important point about last week's episode. So last week, uh, during our conversation with Kelly O'Mara, we used the wrong pronouns for Rach McBride. So um, yeah, Rach actually um, identifies as non-binary. And so her pronouns, she goes by them, they, and their as her pronouns. And so um, Rach, and for everyone who loves Rach, um, and from us, from the bottom of my heart, I'm sorry. Okay, Sarah, now on to some sillier business. Um, I saw in your Instagram story that you had an injury 
Could you could you fill me in a bit? I do. It's going down now. So um, I did a TikTok with my friend Megan at CrossFit. And it was to the Shakira song. And it involved like push-ups and planks. And it was really fun. And it took us a little while to get. So, But at the first part of it, you go from like standing <laughs> to like a straight arm plank. Like boom, boom. Which was actually the hardest part for me. Um, so because we did it so many times, I kept landing on the floor like straight arms. Just in a plank. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Like... And it was a little hard on my wrist. I actually have quite a lot of like from a biking, uh, from a bike crash. I have like a lot of hardware in my right wrist. Um, and it doesn't affect me. I'm surprised like at CrossFit with everything we do, like from handstands, pull-ups, like it, it doesn't affect me hardly at all. Except for some reason, like I caused like some kind of bleed in my wrist <laughs> from this. It didn't hurt at all. Like it hurt maybe like one out of 10 on the pain scale. Like there was no pain associated, but first I got bruising on the inside of my wrist. And then I had like blood pooling yesterday on the out, on the other side of my wrist. So I don't know what I did in there. Like, I don't know because it's not a normal wrist. Like, oh. I don't know what the injury was, but it doesn't hurt. So I'm just going to ignore it. Yeah. You know, that works. That, why not ignore it? Um, we have kind of a ridiculous injury in our house as well. So on Monday... I went mountain biking for a little bit and, uh, you know, didn't go very long. I went with my nephew and the dogs wanted to come along. Buddy being one of the three dogs. I think nothing of it. I come back and he is totally shattered. Like, can't Mm -hmm. move, just sore as can be. And I notice his paw is all torn up. So this huge burly, you know he's a 130 pound dog like to look at him he looks really tough but he ripped off one of basically the one of his pads and we had to take him to the vet yeah we had to take him to the vet 300 dollars later he is on antibiotics anti-inflammatories when he goes out to the bathroom we have to put a sock on his foot uh we have to wash out his (laughs) paw with iodine i mean and maybe we were mountain biking for half an hour. This poor, <laughs> delicate dog. I mean, oh, my goodness. But just speaking of injuries for things that we love, he he had a great time. But just like you, he paid for it. I think he got way fewer views. <laughs> <laughs> he should, Buddy should be on. Buddy should be a TikToker. He would go viral for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> he would be into it uh what well he's only awake like two hours of the day so he'd have to be super productive those two hours <laughs> oh no oh i know is he okay how long does it take to for that two to weeks so he can't do any exercise for two weeks i know oh. poor guy hopefully you are back in the gym and able to do what you need to do it's yeah, not like be i said like recovery I didn't have pain. So like then I went back to the gym yesterday and we did, of course, because you're always like, you know, you're grabbing a bar either like on the rig or you're grabbing like a barbell or something. Right. So I'm like, well, I'm either going to bleed more internally or not. Um, And luckily I didn't. So (laughs) that was a relief. Yeah. That's rough. Um, I'm sorry to Buddy. Send send my hugs and love to Buddy. Yeah. You know, he's a dog. He'll be fine. And we do have a couple of listeners that I know about who've recently had uh, pretty serious surgeries. And I just wanted to acknowledge them. These are actual injuries. uh, No offense to you or Buddy. (laughs) (laughs) 
not taken. But we just, you know, we we know that we make light of things on this podcast, and hopefully we can entertain people as they recover um, and just have a little, you know, provide a little distraction for people. So, yeah, we we want to celebrate your good times, and we feel for you during the harder times. So I just wanted to acknowledge uh, those listeners and wish them quick healing. Yeah, and since they're going to be lying around, they're probably listening to the podcast nonstop, right? <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Obviously. Um, okay, we did have a voicemail from a listener and our favorite kind of voicemail about why she rocks. So let's hear that. Hey, Sarah and Sarah, this is Hannah, and I rock because I successfully gave myself a quarantine haircut. Sarah, have you ever given yourself a haircut? Uh, no, my sister, when I was in, I think, eighth grade, gave me a haircut. And it started off shoulder length and it kept on getting shorter and shorter till it was like mid ear because she was trying no. to keep it even. Oh, yeah, no. So I just don't cut my hair. <laughs> wow. So did it, you were like, I'm picturing a bowl cut here. It was really bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to share those photos because eighth grade, you're kind of awkward anyway. Eighth um, grade too. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's old enough to really matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was rough. That was rough. I'm sorry about that. I feel, I feel like for, I'm feeling for everybody today. Um, How about you? Are you? A- oh, I, I give myself haircuts all the time, oh. but because I have like my hair, it's like semi curly now. It was curlier when I was younger, but like with like be having my hair even is not as important because it doesn't fall evenly. So I can just cut at random and kind of get away with. A lot of crap. So sometimes I just get sort of sick of it or I might frame my face a little bit with some try to do that and cut. But I've never done like a complete haircut like where I try to get around to the back and actually do a good job of it or something. I also need my hair to be layered. Mm. Otherwise, it just looks like a giant triangle. Like it needs layers so that it falls correctly. <laughs> so yeah, I can't do layers on my own hair, unfortunately. I, I just, my strategy is just not to get a haircut and wear a ponytail. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's most of my strategy. Eventually, though, I end up with dreadlocks, and that's when the strategy starts to fall apart, and I need to get a haircut. I kind I kind of want to see that. <laughs> it's pretty easy if I just don't brush my hair for a week. Done. Nice. I like it. So, should shall we stop by? Oh, should do we? Are we gonna say whose house we're riding to right now? We'll let, we'll let the listeners figure it out. I mean, we'll give them a tip. We had a ride with this person a few weeks ago, and she's in Colorado. <laughs> We're currently we riding voice- in Colorado in this scenario, guys. <laughs> right, that's, that's what's Folks. happening right now. <laughs> Folks. I've said guys a lot today. <laughs> um, okay, so then, yes. And so we had a voicemail that we weren't quite sure how to answer. So we're going to... To drop by, I'm going to say it, we're going to drop by Dr. Lisa Ingerfield's house and uh, get her take on this voicemail. Ding dong. Hey, Sarah and Sarah. Hey, Lisa. We were we were wondering if we could uh, refill our bottles and, you know, maybe have a little chat. Sure, come on in. Oh, thanks. So we have a question. I mean, while we're sitting here, you know, cooling down, hydrating with our noon. Uh, 
We have a question that was passed on to us from one of our listeners, and we were hoping that you might give us some insight. What do you think? Yeah, happy to. Awesome. Thank you. We'll roll the tape. Kia ora, Sarah and Sarah. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say kia ora anymore. Um, I'm a British woman living in New Zealand. I have been for the last five years. And when I got here, I really made an effort to learn the native Māori language and learn about their culture. And I feel like there's a good effort by councils and schools to incorporate Māori learning. Um, but, but am I allowed to say that? Like, is me saying that like offensive or is it viewed how I see it as like I'm trying to incorporate the indigenous culture and make it part of the daily my daily experience because I recognize that the Maori community were here first and we shouldn't let their cultures and languages die off and we're trying to keep that alive not really sure if that's my place or not this whole thing's very confusing caused me a bit of anxiety but I realised like the main thing that I can do is just to take a bit of a step back really learn and try and understand different people's point of view and try to be a better person and be more understanding myself and be a lot more inclusive. Alicia McGowan from Live Cycling has been great she's provided a lot of insightful information I've read a lot of the links that she shared it's really opened my eyes up to the problems of being a black woman trying to break into the cycling community. And for you guys, Sarah and Sarah, girls, sorry, you've really opened my eyes up into the language that I use and to be more aware of what I'm saying. Um, yeah, I know I've kind of rambled on and rushed through this, but this is like the 10th take of this voicemail, so I'm just like done. Um, point is, I'm trying, I'm trying really hard, I'm learning, love the podcast, and yeah, I'm gonna shut up and let you get on with it. Okay, so Lisa, we really did not know how to answer this question, so um, Sarah actually suggested that we, yeah, that we drop by your place, so um, what do you think? Well, I really appreciate you coming by. Um, I really appreciate the question. Uh, thank you so much um, for sending in your thoughts and leaving that voicemail. Um, I really just wanna underscore that it's really important that we ask questions, right? Because um, often we don't know the answer and we're fumbling through and sometimes we can figure things out just by speaking to other people and learning their perspectives. So. Thank you so much um, for calling in. And I think it's excellent that you're listening to Aisha McCowan because she is rad. So um, she has a lot of good stuff on her website for folks who don't know about her. I would encourage you to head on over there and check out her blog. So I have a few responses um, to the voicemail that I just wanted to share with you all. Um, so it's kind of cool that um, she's British because I'm British, so we have a connection there. And um, I'm making an assumption that she identifies as white because she didn't actually say, um, and obviously not all British people, like not all US Americans are white. Um, but I think I really loved at the end that she was so honest about the fact that she had recorded her voicemail 10 times or something. Um, and I totally can appreciate that 
feeling of nervousness around wanting to get it right and wanting to say the right thing. And I just want to normalize that for people that when we have concerns or worries that um, it can feel really scary to ask the questions. So thank you for being brave and for um, asking your question and sharing a little bit of vulnerability with us all. Um, and I think Lisa, like one thing we've found before and a point that um, you've made in earlier conversations is that, is that like often we find in the work we do that like it, men are often nervous to ask questions or to, um, they're worried about saying the, the wrong thing. And, and honestly, like my sense when I'm talking to someone like that, my sense is that honestly it makes me feel like they're a really good person or somehow like their concern runs so deep that it actually can affect them emotionally like that they actually don't want to be exclusive as opposed to like you know we've also come across other types of responses um from men to feminism that are um not so <laughs> would you say not so kind so like that's really i really always appreciate that so. mm -hmm. yeah and i think one of the other things to think about right is um white people, men, um, straight people get perhaps really nervous about asking questions or learning because they don't want to feel bad themselves. And so um, my reframe of that that I have come to over my journey is that it's got to be less about me feeling bad and feeling stupid and more about making sure that I'm not causing any harm for the, to the person that I'm asking, right? Um, and so like centering the person who is the recipient of the question versus my own feelings, I think is also another piece of that, but that's really, really challenging to do because many of us don't want to say something um, and then get it wrong. Right. We're not taught to handle um, failure or wrongness. Well, I don't think in our society. So, um, okay. So I have a couple of points. So let me get to my points. Right. So who to ask. Um, so I think it's, um, really important to think about who are you asking questions of, right? So it's great that the caller um, has built a relationship with you all to ask the question. And I would encourage her to perhaps look internal to her New Zealand community for answers around this specific question, because the three of us don't know a whole lot about Maori culture. Um, Sarah. Uh, correction, I'm an expert in everything. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, I'm not. You're absolutely right. I'm not an expert in everything. And it's good to ask people who actually know something. Um, we, I mean, what's cool is we we have the ability to, to reach out. So I love the fact that somebody asked us and we're able to ask you and you're able to potentially ask somebody. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's finding people with whom we feel comfortable to ask these questions. And mm -hmm. if we don't know the answer, somehow finding a channel to that answer. But yes. I, I'm, a not, I'm an expert in 90% of things, but I will say this is uh, the 10% I'm not an expert in. <laughs> That's good to know. I will keep that in mind. Um, so I'm also like very much a bullshitter. So anyway. <laughs> So I am also not an ex expert in Maori culture or what the appropriateness of using kiora, which means uh, hello. So I actually happen to have a very good friend and colleague. Um, her name is Rana Simmons, and she is a first generation Maori American. And she belongs to several iwis, which means tribe um, of the Taranaki region in New Zealand. So I actually touched base with her um, and 
checked in to see whether she would feel comfortable giving me some advice and um, some thoughts on the question that the caller posed. So, sorry, could I, I yeah. really like just keep interrupting you? Go ahead. <laughs> but I have a question. So that word you just said, iwi? Yeah. Is that related to why we like call New Zealanders kiwis or used to, or are we not supposed to? Kiwi is an uh, uh, animal, I believe. It's not a small green fruit. Well, it is that, yes. I think, in the, I, oh. again, I might be stepping outside of my knowledge base here. I thought, I thought kiwi was a small animal um, native to New Zealand, not the, not the fruit. And is it an offensive word? That I don't know. I don't okay, know. Okay, so now we're just, yeah. I'm not, sorry, I'm just adding more questions that we don't, that we're not experts in. Okay, carry <laughs> on with your answer. Okay, okay. So um, she suggested that um, the use or not use of the word Kiora shouldn't actually be the focus. So she was talking to me about how language is really important um, as is history and context, but what she felt was more important is that we sit in our own discomfort um, as we learn and be open to critique um, when we inevitably mess up, mess up. So she was saying that getting fixated on, uh, on whether or not you say Kiora um, misses the point in the sense of like the broader access to learning and kind of like growing through our own discomfort. Um, what was also really interesting as a British person is it was particularly relevant that the caller identifies as British because Britain has a pretty horrible role in the colonization of New Zealand and the erasure um, of the Maori people. So that is a kind of a complicating piece that I think the caller perhaps already knows, right? But is think it should be thinking about in the context of understanding how best to support Maori people in uh, her region of New Zealand. Is there's that extra kind of intersection with her British identity and all of that history. Um, so that I don't, I actually don't really know anything about New Zealand and its history. So that was really cool to learn that. Well, not cool because I feel like Britain just is the source of all evil when it comes to <laughs> colonization and the exploitation of slavery and the erasure of um, indigenous peoples. So that is something I am working through. Um, but yeah, so she talked a little bit about how What's really important now is um, land rights for Maori people because the British Crown um, were very deceptive um, and essentially um, created two contracts related to land um, for Maori people. One was in Maori language, which is uh, Te Reo, I believe, and one was in English. And they led the Maori people to believe that the English was the translation of the Maori language, but it wasn't. The English was actually said something different and they had the tribal leaders sign the English document, believing it was a translation when it wasn't. So they actually signed away land. Um, yeah, Sarah uh, True has got her hands on her face, like exclaiming, yeah, it's pretty awful. That's appalling. Yeah, yeah so, um, but probably very, um, similar to experience of indigenous peoples in the United States, right? In terms of land and ownership and how that was removed. So um, some of the things that she suggested that the caller could do, which I think while these suggestions are really specific to New Zealand, I think for listeners who are US based or based um, in Canada, there's similar probably correlated um, things that you could do to what I'm gonna suggest here. So she was like, you can be supportive um, 
of local Maori businesses, right? And so we've heard a lot about that recently where we can shop locally and shop at Black and African-American owned stores. So that would be something. Sign petitions to rename landmarks because there's a lot of landmarks in uh, New Zealand that were had original Maori names and then they got translated or changed by the British and other colonizers, right? So petitions to get those changed back. Donate, donate to Maori nonprofits and politicians. Go to the Te Papa Museum and learn about Maori history and the treaty. The Treaty of Waitangi. That's the document that um, the British were deceptive about. Um, and so she was saying you should learn about that and learn about the Maori history. Talk to Maori people. Talk about Maori people as if they still exist and have a vibrant culture to be celebrated and published in mainstream media, not just displays at a museum or of a culture that has gone extinct. I thought that was pretty powerful, right? Because you think about how in various countries around the world, indigenous peoples are, are talked about by um, the kind of ruling group as extinct, group. colonizing group, as extinct, as gone, as old, as not relevant anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's absolutely true here in the United States. And so that was something that she suggested um, so she's saying move beyond the concern around the word Kiora and kind of do some of these broader scale um, engagements and activism and that will really be the best way to move forward in her opinion. She also acknowledged that she doesn't live in New Zealand. She is a first generation Maori but she lives in the United States so echoed kind of my thought that kind of turning back into your community and using the resources you have around you to understand more about what your role can be in social change. So that's a lot of information. I had a good, it was a good education history lesson for me and education and um, again, how horrible the British are, so. Yeah, thanks for looking into that for us. That's, that's super interesting for me too. One thing I was thinking about there was just in terms of language, like the previous conversation about spirit animal mm. was more about like an appropriation of a concept right? That felt then kind of misused versus like something where you're using a greeting in the way that it's intended to be used. Mm -hmm. That might be just kind of an essential difference in terms of how we're using language and why, and just being aware right. um, that right. not so saying it's, like, what it's an right? yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. So it's, it's an acknowledgement that the Maori are a fundamental part of New Zealand history um without appropriation it's it gives it that level of respect that you know demeaning or well not but belittling an entire concept that's really important like spirit animal is um so it might be a pro i mean we can't speak to this whether or not it's an appropriate greeting but it sounds like it probably is because it's intent the intention I know we get caught up in whether or not it's enough to have good intentions, um, but I feel like this probably is an instance where as long as, you know, the, the listener continues to educate herself and reach out to the, the Maori community and try to really understand uh, how to, how to appreciate their, the richness of, of their culture, um, it's probably, it's, probably not a bad thing <laughs> I think right the way that like aloha is used in Hawaii yeah mm. I was gonna say that mm. yeah that it's like it's almost like a recognition that there's like there's another culture here on this island and right away like you don't hit the ground on in Hawaii without kind of knowing that straight away because of the use of aloha so being so widespread 
Yeah, it does raise an interesting point. You know, Hawaii and, uh, and Ironman or triathlon are so intertwined, right? Like, I, I don't know what um, indigenous Hawaiian people feel, how they feel about a bunch of white mainlanders from the United States, right, coming over and using language such as aloha or ohana, right, which is family. Like, I don't know whether that's, whether that's enjoyed or not. Yeah. And like anything, like, I think I've heard opinions on both sides of that. You know, um, I've definitely, I've had a, an earful from some locals in Hawaii about the Ironman in the past, um, but also seen like the collaboration piece where, um, where Ironman has tried to include like pieces of like local dancing or whatever in, into their ceremonies or which is like. Cultural yeah. tourism. Yeah, which is like <laughs> definitely some difficulties there, but then you have, you definitely have support on the ground for that as well. Um, so yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah, I think that how you just said that, Sarah, true, um, is that it is hard. It's not this or that. It's very nuanced, right? And that's, I think that that's what can paralyze people, right? Um, because you just acknowledge that it's nuanced, that it's hard, that there's not always an immediately obvious right answer. Um, like we haven't fully answered the caller's question, right? Like, <laughs> so, um, and that's okay, right? And that's part of the discomfort is that's okay. And this is partially why, and this is to bring back to the conversation that um, we had with Kelly O'Mara last week on the podcast, right? So she was getting super frustrated with effectively people shouting at each other about doing anti-racism wrong on, <laughs> on Instagram, right? And like the whole thing about it is that like, we're going to get it wrong or the, the next moves aren't ever going to be right in everyone's eyes. Like it's the same. I always like to parallel things with feminism because that's, like my understanding but like when um there are we don't you know we use the term feminisms because there's so many different ways so like not every woman is going to agree with my way of making change for women right and that's just how it is so if somebody asks me they might hear a totally different thing from another woman just like another person of color might have a totally different opinion on the way that we would proceed to try to make change so i think that that's that sort of stands for a lot of these conversations Mm -hmm. yeah so have you finished your noon do you need more tea <laughs> i'm i'm feeling pretty refreshed i'm ready to hit the road i don't know about you sarah yeah i'm feeling good i'm worried about being dropped but maybe if i can have okay. some just to go i'll be good <laughs> we'll get you some caffeinated <laughs> perfect done well thanks for coming by it was great to yeah, see you again. thanks lisa yeah good to we see really you. appreciate it so it was good to see lisa it was that was that was really helpful um yeah and great answer as always of as course always. From her. yeah i think i think uh we're all trying to navigate the space so i appreciate the the voicemail i appreciate the fact that lisa was willing to ask uh a contact who could better answer it but let's keep on doing the work together people yeah absolutely um, okay, after the break, we actually have, um, we're going to revisit the question, what makes a triathlete and why racing is important. And, and we have an yet another voicemail. Thank you all for sending your voicemails. So. Hey, Sarah, I have a riddle for you. What's refreshing, oh. great, any time of day, and super awesome. Oh my gosh, is it the If You're a Riding podcast? 
Oh no, wait. By the look on your face, it's not. It's it's noon. Yes. It's noon, isn't it? Ding ding ding! You got the answer. Woo! Okay, friends, seriously, Noon Hydration has been a sponsor of Live Feisty and this very podcast for a couple of years. They are amazing. They are supportive. And we all get 30% off with the new code, note the new code, Live Feisty um, at noonlife.com. So use the code Live Feisty, E before I, at noonlife.com. We grossly, as in, in a big way, and truly want to thank our sponsor, Noon Hydration, for supporting If We Were Riding. If you love us, or even kind of like us, or maybe just like our content, you can make sure we grow through our Patreon campaign at patreon.com forward slash live feisty. And also make sure you talk to us on Instagram at If We Were Riding. We love talking to people on Instagram, especially on the stories. If you want to send us a voicemail, record a voice memo on your phone and send it to sarah at livefeisty.com. That's Sarah with no H, me, at livefeisty.com. And remember, the I comes after the E if you're feisty. We also love reviews on iTunes and written messages from you joining the conversation. If We Were Riding is a Live Feisty Media production hosted by Sarah True and me, Sarah Gross. Our editor and producer is Taylor Mahan. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. This time, like the last time. You better get ready to race in the top. I'm ready to do this. Show you what the truth is. I step on the field. It's time to get real. I'm feeling so ruthless. Hi, Sarah and Sarah. I know I'm a few weeks after the show aired and responding to the podcast featuring Sarah's deep thought about the lack of races and athletes seeming to struggle with this concept. As a lifelong athlete and triathlete for almost two decades, I feel like it's definitely something that comes with time to consider yourself a triathlete, minus the constant in training for a specific race. I've gone through seasons of high and seasons of lack of any kind of performance. When I was visibly pregnant, someone once asked me what I was training for and I responded, um, labor. Um, races on the calendar have at times been at the forefront and other times they just haven't, yet I've always considered myself a triathlete. One of my favorite things about the sport of triathlon and being a triathlete is the process, which I know you both talked about Training clears the cobwebs, provides mental clarity, tenacity, physical health, strength, community. Um, triathlon in true fashion alongside many sports for many people has definitely broken my heart a number of times. Um, I've been in peak fitness for a 70.3, hurricane canceled. Another 70.3, storms shortened the race not to my strengths. Another 70.3, peak swim fitness, and the swim was canceled. And the months put into training for those races are still so vivid and meaningful to me for what they were then and how they've contributed to the person, athlete, and coach I am today. So I guess I'm trying to say that races are special in their own right, but they are only one day, and I hope more and more people come to see their involvement in triathlon as dynamic because it has so much to offer. I guess my encouragement for amateurs is to develop a relationship with triathlon that enhances your life and doesn't ever take away from it. To not 
only be looking for those mountaintop race experiences. I told one of my athletes recently who has yet to race, has gained fitness super fast and commented that there's room for improvement in certain aspects of his training, that absolutely there's always room for improvement. And I tried to help him see his journey, not as one solely to reach the top of a mountain, but as one with scenery for days and encouraged him to just take it all in. Um, that's it. And I guess I'll also say that I rock today because I recorded this. I listen to the podcast regularly and always enjoy and have so many thoughts, but never really sit down to respond to anything. So I rock because of that. Thanks so much. Bye. Yes, you absolutely rock because you sent uh, a voicemail. Thank you for doing that. Sarah, you want to do the plug? The plug? Oh, oh the plug. Yeah. Yes. Send your, okay, because the plug about voice sending voicemails? Yeah. Okay, so we love your voicemails. I actually, this I rock because is pretty fun. Oh, speaking of which, I wanted to announce that I did my taxes. Oh, nice. Just in case anyone's following the Sarah does her taxes theme of, yeah. the, of the last three episodes, I'm sure you're on the edge of your seats about this. But it's actually done and dusted. So there nice you looking. go. Um, but yes, we love your voice voicemails about anything that we talk about from the hard questions that we may need to visit Lisa about or um, just to tell us why you rock. Send us your voicemails. You can send them to me, Sarah, with no H, at livefeisty, e before I, dot com. And yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I'm really appreciating that voicemail because I guess where... Where I've gotten to in how I process racing is I really genuinely see it as the celebration of all the hard work, um, but I place most of the value in the day-to-day. Um, I love the days where things come together and the days where it doesn't, you know, so be it. But that's that's something that's been an evolution in, in my career as an athlete where I, I used to put too much importance on the racing itself. Um, and just, I think with time you realize that it really is what you do to stay focused, to stay motivated, to enjoy, you know, the, the daily work that goes into being prepared. I think that that's worthy of celebration and we can continue doing that whether or not we have that, you know, very fixed goal. Yeah. And I think, you know, Sarah, I think like you sharing and you've shared in previous episodes, um, part of your process around being more process driven. And I think like if anyone can change their mindset about if you can change your mindset about racing where it's your career and you've been so highly successful um, and yet still focus on the process, then anyone can do it. So I think like on that particular piece, you're an inspiration. So thank you. Thanks, Sarah. All right, that's the end of this week's episode. We'll we'll check in with everybody later. Please send us a voicemail. Tell us why you rock. If that's, you know, doing your taxes, if that's swimming with the most le- deadly beasts in the lake, uh, <laughs> whatever it may be. But, uh, you know... Stay rocking, we'll see you next week. My crown, we know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.